the future of photography. Hey everybody and welcome to the future of photography and and all of us are here which is great because we've had a couple of weeks of just one-on-one chats um, and uh, we're diving back into some techie stuff as well so um, you know uh, a, a good a good sort of techie gritty thing for a conversation for today uh, first off though uh, let's say hello to everybody Ema how you doing? Hey I'm good how are you doing today? Fabulous day outside today where I'm as we talk it Gorgeous. is it is uh yes i uh, did manage to get out first thing this morning um uh, a little bit of exercise uh, and and uh we're, yeah with the family and that was good fun so uh, yes yeah all, all good here uh jeremiah how are you doing i'm doing great and and as soon as we started a, a big garbage truck pulled out in the alley and it's starting to back up so please forgive it not me but uh how am i doing as well as one could be in a sequester uh yes indeed yes tough times tough times and last and of course not least uh chris how are you I'm doing brilliant. I have my my emotion emotional support uh, roll of toilet paper sitting right here on the desk, so I'm <laughs> okay. well prepared. You're good. You're good. Oh, good. <laughs> it's, it's not going to be that scary a show, but we're. we're <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just might want be for me. Want to know if you need an extra roll. Just let me know, and I'll mail it to you. Oh, oh careful, careful. <laughs> we do have a few listeners out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't tell I them think, where you live. <laughs> I think we want we want to preface this episode with the date we're recording, because things change <laughs> so quickly. It's the 8th of April when we're recording this. It is, yes. And we're all still on lockdown, most importantly. So, yes, t- times times are strange. But uh, we, we, uh, we're we not going to dwell too much on that this week, not because we don't take it seriously, but because we've got something, you know, we've chosen to talk about something uh, new and techie and futuristic and interesting. And uh, the link is in the show notes, of course. Um, but uh, what we'd like to talk about this week is uh, potential for a, a new technology that would help us take uh, perhaps a different type of image or maybe um, maybe a known type of image, but in, in a more sophisticated, more accessible and uh, maybe possibly even more interesting way. And um, what we're referring to uh, is uh, a recent published uh, patent or patent application i don't know which um from apple uh for and there's a lot of words in here but i'll say them all in one go quickly and then we'll deconstruct it for uh light field panoramic photographic capture on a phone right has everybody got that straight in their heads <laughs> hey you go just about <laughs> we we did an episode on light fields here on this show uh oh. Lads, while ago, I listened back to 15, that episode. Fifteen, which is, um, I think, all over the place, and I'm not sure everyone should go back and listen to oh that. Oh my goodness! But it just my brain fantastic. was melting. Yeah, I also think we, you know, we had, we had talked about it when we talked about new forms of photography, you know, in a kind of an inverse way of what what would be possible uh, using different kinds of cameras. I think a couple of months ago yeah there's there's a there's a lot going on in this field i mean you know many of our listeners of course will remember if not show number 15 uh they'll remember a company called litro who who made a bit of a, a splash a few years back quite quite a few years back now uh with the invention uh or well maybe not the invention uh but the first consumer grade uh, light field camera 
Uh, and this is, uh, in a nutshell, we'll talk about it a bit more, but in a nutshell, this is a camera that can capture quite a lot of depth information because it it, ha- uh, it captures the angle at which the, the light rays hit the sensor in different places and therefore can calculate distance. Uh, this was a big thing at the time. Sadly, uh, the products never really caught on. Um, Lytro uh, pivoted from consumer stuff into high-grade cinema stuff and eventually got gobbled up by Google uh, in 2018. Uh, And since then, um, uh, pundits have been expecting Google to release something, possibly in their Pixel line of phones, uh, which would make use of this light field technology. Um, Along the way, we've had companies like Light, uh, a company literally called Light, who made a camera with, I think, 15 sensors and lenses in. Um, and we've yeah, we've seen the uh, the number of lenses and camera modules on cell phones uh, increase dramatically over the last couple of years. Um, so all of this perhaps perhaps is new um, and, we'll, uh, and perhaps is is a bit of Apple playing catch up as usual. <laughs> um, can I ask uh, uh, the the team here? Uh, is it? Anybody uh, tried that um, light camera that was made to big fanfare with all of those lenses? And uh, did that ever gain any traction at all? A friend of mine in Canada, he had the chance to play with one for a while. It was the L16 with with 16 cameras in it. Mm. And uh, he played with it. He took some test shots and he was very um, impressed by the hardware, which was quick and really zippy to work with. And then he pretty much ended up not liking it when he used the software, which you you need in order to work on the photos. So there's a lot of like computation involved to make something out of these lenses. And then you get this um, pseudo depth of field, similar to what you get with the panorama mode on smartphones these days. But um, you can kind of dial in the aperture and the depth of field. And um, and it never really was that much better than a dedicated larger sensor camera. So, um, oh, yeah, I just say that the Lytro camera, uh, which I did buy, was possibly the worst camera that I've ever purchased <laughs> oh in dear. my entire life. What, was that the first one, the lipstick-shaped one, or yes. the second one? Yeah, this, the square one, which yeah. had the, the absolute worst um, design of a camera and horrible quality and impossible to use. But it, it looked good as an object sitting on a shelf or oh, something it, like it that. It had amazing-looking design, but I, I, I managed to play with one, and after... Yeah, maybe five minutes. I was not interested anymore. Anyway, yes, I still have it somewhere in a box. (laughs) (laughs) Makes you wonder, like all that, like R and D and everything for something that you play with for five minutes and then get bored of it. An expensive, um, you know, trinket or something. Is it? (laughs) Well, I tell I tell you what, Eva, hold that thought. Uh, Just you know, I have to add. I do have a shrink wrapped Newton in a box. Ah, that's the type of person you are. Okay, <laughs> okay. Moving swiftly on. No, so, so yeah. So, um, hold that thought, Ema, because actually, uh, I think there's a really good point and a really good question to ask it in a bit. But, but, but what we haven't done, of course, for our listeners yet, is describe what it is that is is this thing that Apple is patenting at the moment. So, uh. 
to to try and sum it up having talked a little bit about the light field technology um what they're saying is that they could build modules into a phone that would allow you to take not just light field image single images but to take panoramic light field images now that seems to me to be really quite a, a lot of computation required because the you know you're not just mapping a, a you know, imagine remember a few years ago how hard it was to make a panorama stitch just with a two-dimensional thing now they're saying they can put into the phone the ability to or they may be able to in the future put into the phone the ability to take those shots and stitch them together all in a phone which uh, even just a couple of years ago would have been you know a horribly complex idea um so it's really quite technologically sophisticated assuming they can build it of course <laughs> i i find one thing very interesting and um when we're talking about light fields we pretty much talk about depth information um and the light field is is a way to acquire that um, when we look at the latest iPad, that that has a LiDAR sensor built in, which is uh, another way to get depth information of the scene. So, um, But apparently it's not as granular as they need it to be for certain things, like for photography. So it's, it's granular enough. The LiDAR is good enough uh, from what I've seen for uh, just getting the general geometry of a room. Like this is a sofa, this is a... This is a cupboard um, where this light field thing, pr I guess, probably has a, has more resolution and has more uses. I mean, one of the uses we talked about in episode 15 was the the, the depth information being useful to do things like back, replacing a background. And Jeremiah, for you as a filmmaker... Having that ability in, in your pocket, um, not having to use a green screen, but uh, being able to just tell tell the software to replace the background with something else, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I, th I think this kind of technology, which, you know, we, we dance around um, certainly in, in the kind of construction of artificial um, environments, uh, specifically this year, uh, and with NVIDIA, and I've put a link in our show notes to ray tracing and how that really develops. Um, so measuring objects, their reflectivity, how they translate light, how light is reflected from different objects. So it's not only just forming the 3D mapping, but actually understanding how light works on different surfaces and the ability of using those um, numbers, those uh, algorithms to actually apply different kind of materials. That is a game changer. Absolutely fantastic. So on the other hand, we have to, uh, to acknowledge that this is a patent or maybe even a patent application. So uh, we know that uh, companies apply for a lot of patents just to sometimes just to protect themselves from patent trolls later down the road so um this does not mean that this will be in a product there's a chance it will be but we don't even know how big that chance is 
Well, I mean, so, so let, let's let's break it down and think about it, because there's, you know, the, the what they're saying here is that, you know, they would have this technology in the phone uh, and that um, it, interestingly, it does require the, the user to, to make certain gestures. <laughs> Um, they're suggesting they're suggesting that that you would need to wave your phone around in in something that might approximate a an infinity symbol. Uh, and for those who don't know what an infinity symbol is, it's a number eight lying on its side. So you'd have to sort of move your phone around, and and if you move the phone around that were sufficiently, that would give it enough. Uh, I guess parallax effect to for for all of its gizmos and gadgets to to work and to calculate all the depth. And they say I already have to do that. Yeah. For a panorama, we already have to move the phone for like the AR applications out there. Um, you have to move the phone around for it to recognize the room. So, yeah, moving the phone to get some different result is kind of already there, isn't it? It is, but how do you kind of frame your shot then if you're just kind of waving the camera around? <laughs> Good question. Like, you know, is there, there must be a whole load of post cropping and everything afterwards to get the actual frame that you want on it no? maybe you choose the frame later maybe it's so big that you maybe that's it. it yeah yeah they do say that you'd be able to explore um it around the the resultant image so after obviously the, the 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 device will take lots and lots and lots of images and then there'll be a bunch of computation going on and then it will then there will be a rendered panoramic image and that then but that rendered panoramic image would have lots of depth data in it so that you could you could explore you could zoom into it uh, and uh, sort of move, move around things a little bit now i'm guessing it's not going to be able to see things that were facing away from the camera um so so you're going to get a a computational parallax effect kind of thing you know you know i would i wouldn't be surprised if even some of that was possible like like you know when when things are occluded by other things and you can't see through something mm -hmm. and uh, there's information missing because i've recently seen some uh some stuff coming out of some ai research labs that uh, that enables some of that, where kind of the, the 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 blanks, the occluded blanks, are being filled in. Wow. Okay. So, interesting. And it and it looked very convincing. So <laughs> I'm uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if some of that these algorithms will show up in this well, thing as well. Uh, don't don't you think when they convert 2D film to 3D film, they use those kind of computations? Obviously, it's not 360, but it could be 180 or close to it. I think Where, a lot of that is still happening manually because these algorithms are subpar. Maybe, maybe, they, maybe it's supported by some algorithms, but this is just something that has come out uh, within the last four weeks. So it's really brand new with uh, spectacular results. I'll, I'll have to dig this up. Maybe we'll make an, uh, an entire episode on that. I think that does sound worthy of a, of a proper conversation, actually. That yes. sounds really interesting to me. Yes. So, so we, we uh, definitely bring, bring, bring that one. You can make that your next, your next prep show then, Chris. That'd be great. <laughs> yes, yes, I will. <laughs> cool. So, so, would, so let's, th let's think about this. Okay. So we, we, we've explained a little bit about, you know, what, what this is, um, you know, the, the, the articles, uh, and yeah, you know, the, I, I first read about this on DP review. Uh, uh, they first found it. They, they say it was first published on a, on a website called patently Apple dot com um uh so so the, the, there'll be links into the show notes to both of those but the uh they they do say that you know, one of the ways you might consume this is with a a virtual reality headset another way might be through uh 
uh, an augmented reality app, an AR app on, on your phone if you're going to consume it on a device that you've shot it on. So there, there's definitely different ways of consuming it. But then um, let's, I, I don't know, let's, let, let's, let's, let's just sort of stop there for a minute and, unless anybody has got any other technical questions and just think about well, what might be the use cases for this? What, what might be fun to do with this stuff? I mean, have you seen Blade Runner? <laughs> I've seen both. I've seen both where, Blade where, Runners. Yes, but <laughs> see the scene where where he enhances the photo, zooms in, uh, yeah. looks looks around something that yeah, wasn't yeah. there. So that's the kind of depth information that um, in in the in the movie looked very futuristic. But this is sort of going in that direction i guess yeah okay so it's good baby steps to blade runner land well i did i didn't get i didn't get my flying car last year and last year was blade runner year um (laughs) i knew i knew i was at risk when i didn't get my hoverboard in 2015 (laughs) (laughs) but presumably um that this patent and everything is just in advance of them they're they're obviously going to bring something out that they're going to build this into their own product are they like did everyone keeps saying that they're working on ar vr stuff all the time so it's presumably they're just getting that out of the way so that when the product comes out they're Ah, interesting point yeah they don't have a vr headset yet do they apple no not apple no But it's it's just a matter of time, and yeah, uh, every everything they've done around AR over the last years is very obviously uh, preparation for that. Is that is it? Do you do you think either? So so because we you know this is a great you know, uh, point I think in the conversation to to ask what does this mean for the future of photography? Because I've played around with some of this stuff, right? Yeah, I played around with VR. You don't want to walk around holding your iPad up to look through the screen of the iPad into the world. You want to be in that world so there will be uh, a headset and this is just uh, this is just apple's way to to get all the developers prepared and and uh and familiarized with the apis and with mm. the whole programming environment is, is this so. going to be as deep though as as photography as we know it as as deep an experience as can because i i've i've played with a late model vr headset it was an oculus something or other right uh, uh i forget which it, it doesn't matter which but it was quite a good one in my uh, i was at my brother's house and he has one that's the oculus quest i guess the one without the cable yes that's right and you just get given the, two little two little handheld joysticks and yeah uh, and and the visor to wear and there's no cables uh, and it all just works and it was fun but i don't i, I don't know i don't think i i don't think there's there's depth in there yet right in terms of artistic depth yet yeah but you you have to have the medium in order to develop the art you know um it's often that a technology precedes the art that then builds on that technology that's fair Uh, that's fair yeah yeah there must be thousands of people working every day trying to improve the experience of uh, the environment that you're in so you know it'll just get better and better I, I think it will. There's a company out it's still of, way out uh, of Finland. reach, though, for most people. There's prepared. a company out of Finland that is developing a 5G um, VR processing. So you don't need a GPU on your computer. It does it in the cloud. So it's rendering all of that very intense processing, delivering it through 5G through a wireless um, headset. 
And that that will be yet another step. I mean, making it easy for people to experience it is really step one, or first, that's step two. Step one is figuring out just how to do it at all. Number two is making it easy for people to use it. And then number three, once it, it has some kind of facility so that the technology is not overwhelming the user and the user experience, then you can start to explore the creative uses for it, post-framing, building artificial envi environments, um, adjusting uh, uh, visually one's kind of present environments. The list can go on and on and on, but but the first thing that has to happen is we have to get to a place where we can imagine the use of it. And I think whether it's in your phone or a new device, that remains to be seen. I don't know if it happened where um, you guys were, but you know when the kind of the headsets became a little bit more sort of, say, mainstream, um, businesses started to kind of pop up um, that was like uh, you could go there with your friends and sort of have this experience together. Did did you, you familiar with that concept? There was a little bit of that, I think, in yeah, the UK, but, but, it, but, but it, it came and went. Then. Yeah, it came and went. Yeah. So I wonder, is it ever going to be a, a thing, you know? I mean, when we're looking at the way technology moves forward over time, um, Jeremiah, you have an old original Newton in your, <laughs> your cabinet. Um, and I now do. hold that up right next to the latest iPhone, and the, the development is 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 mind-boggling. So what we're looking at from a VR point of view right now will, in hindsight, in 10, 15 years, looking back, will look very, very clunky. But um, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, um, I, I completely agree. And once you have the imagination to do it and the processing power. Um, to kind of pro to to actually create it and the delivery mechanisms on the network to um, get it into each and every one of our hands, then you then you have a kind of um, a, a social cohesion that creates the artistic or commercial experiences, and we, you know it's hard to imagine what that's going to be today because you know there will be kind of concurrent events that even drive that. Further, I mean, I, again, in, in my own work, as I kind of get a little more uh, sophisticated with, with building environments that are 3D, even though I'm capturing them in 2D, that 3D environment, I am looking for ways to experience and go into it with an Oculus or something like that, and then recapturing stuff. Mm, interesting. Intra it's it, very interesting because I I, the, it, I I know you're you're into this stuff um, and and that's a cool thing. Um, I'm I'm still very much sitting on the fence. I like these things as gimmicks and toys. Where do it? I I haven't yet seen a, a properly artistic endeavor or, or again again the technology is so early in every respect. Even the Oculus Quest, as advanced as it might be, it is a very early thing and in 20 years we'll look back at it with a smile and go oh that's cute how big this was and um the, the technology is by far not in enough hands yet i think to um to foster a real artistic dialogue with it so yeah i'm to totally happy to to acknowledge that yes yes um and maybe i'm just a luddite <laughs> it's gotta hurt sitting on that fence 
<laughs> I'm not sitting on the fence. I'm absolutely saying I cannot see a compelling use case for me for it. Um, yeah, I, ju- I just don't see it now. Now, I, I, I can completely accept that I, it's not it's just not there yet. And I'm just not imaginative enough. And in a few years time, it will happen. And I'll go, oh, yeah, that's what it's all about, because that has happened to me in the past, because I don't necessarily uh, I don't have the type of brain that 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 looks at these new technologies and says, "Ah, oh, yeah, this is what I'm going to do, and it's going to be new and exciting and innovative." But I, I do, uh, I like to think that I'm reasonably capable of changing my mind <laughs> when evidence well, is presented. <laughs> imagine, if you will, that that you get you you um, processed, um, you know, dozens of photographs of say your childhood home into ai just thinking forward here and that ai was able to create a absolutely perfect uh, uh, visual 3d environment in which you can travel with whatever um mechanics you you're wearing into uh your past or the past sounds um, like the holodeck doesn't it? Well, it is a holodeck. I love it. Yeah, that's, um, that's why I. That's what I call the Oculus Quest. It's our holodeck here. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, I think there, there, you know, there's a device that I've seen for. I don't know if they use it for photogrammetry or for architecture, but it looks like a big square iPad, but it sits on a tripod, and it, I think, it throws lasers around and really constructs a, a completely. Uh, 3D environment uh, wireframe, uh, and you just pull it into a computer and start to build. And that's, you know, very handy for architects um, who are building on a site. They can kind of create an absolutely virtual site. Um, once you start a, to... Ex- is that a LiDAR thing? Or, is that a LiDAR scanner, no? Something uh, else? I, I, I don't know, to be honest, but mm-hmm. it, I'm sure it uses that kind of... Um, mapping one the, the one i'm yeah. the one i'm thinking of is actually just laser rather than lidar um we did uh last year actually um we we talked about it uh, uh after the because i went to see the people that make one of these types of things at the photography show uh last year and uh we talked about it uh what's it called matterport there we go it's show there you go yeah. show uh-huh. 72 for uh, from late march 2019 um uh, and and they sell these yeah they sell these uh these purpose-built professional level uh, camera modules that do all of that stuff funnily enough at the time uh, a year ago they were just launching a more consumer oriented version which worked using an insta 361 x um so you could buy a consumer or, or a rico theta v you could you could buy a consumer grade 360 spherical camera and their software would pick up the the pieces resolution wasn't as good obviously but um you know it's there's some pretty clever stuff there certainly yeah so I have made a note in my calendar on April the 8th, 2025, in five years, to check back with you, Adrian, uh, <laughs> on, on this development and see what you think about this. I, do you know what? I, that's one of the things I love about doing this podcast is that we get to speculate, and I am sure I am wrong 80 plus percent of the time. And get I'm, you off that fence. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm happy to be wrong. You know, I, I. I. I would love to be corrected. I would love to see you know uh, a whole body of 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 real you know uh thought-provoking art come through on this technology i think it'd be fantastic 
definitely going back to okay so we should probably start to wrap up now um but what i'd like to do is to to come back to our original uh, original topic uh, of actually having this kind of technology embedded in your phone and uh, i'd just like to go round the team and say you know uh, would you would you like to make an image with your phone that is a uh, that that is a panorama that uh, that has depth to it that you can explore in a VR headset. Um, Jeremiah, is that your kind of thing? It absolutely is my kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> anything that kind of blurs the the um, relationship between uh, um, kind of true uh, meat space that we live in and the virtual space that we imagine, and and that blurring is so much uh, at the heart of of where I live artistically. So the ability to capture in whatever form uh, a a a, a version of reality that allows me to manipulate it and change it and adjust it recreate it uh is something that i'll be all over okay interesting stuff thank you ema what about you would you would you look forward to making these kind of images you know it's really interesting because when i was reading the article i was like the the idea of being able to see behind something and explore around the scene when i was in college uh, i i attempted badly with after effects a couple of times to drive a camera through a static photograph so i was trying to fill those blanks in between the layers as i went along god it was torturous but interesting but torturous and this something like this would kind of revolutionize like i can kind of see the application of it in video work maybe or you know I can kind of see possibilities for it, all right, but... Yeah, I think some of that stuff is coming through in After Effects now, because doesn't After Effects now have content-aware fill, which is a fairly recent thing? It does, it does, which is quite good, but um, uh, I don't, you know, it's not not amazing, but... um, yeah, it, it's possible, you know, at times, but then it, it depends what you're trying to do, I suppose. Well, content-aware yeah. fill in, in um, Photoshop in the last... A version of it is uh, took a real jump to to sophisticate itself. It, it's uh, it's getting better and better and better how it reads it, and you can adjust how you create the AI to kind of see, and uh, it's it's pretty good. Mm, okay. I must have a play about with it in After Effects again. So it's actually a long time. Just thinking now, it's a long time since I've even used that program, so I've had no no reason to use it lately. So. Well, okay. So there we go. So that 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 that's two two people definitely up for it by the sound of things. Chris, what about you? Would you like to make these kind of images? Do you even have to ask? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you get your your we're, 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 one voice one voice one vote on this show. Come on, we're, we're a democracy. <laughs> that oh yeah, <laughs> that that kind of technology in my pocket um, with all the possibilities that come with it, and I can think of hundreds of possibilities pretty much uh, give me five minutes and i'll have a long list so yes definitely yes okay Absolutely. since okay. since since i mean have you have you read uh, gibson's neuromancer oh yes not, yes not not for many years i mean that but, yeah, yeah true but, uh, but since then uh, and earlier actually i was like okay i want i want to plug in absolutely 
That, sure. Yes, yes. I always think it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because Neuromancer is always quoted as one of the main uh, main points of inspiration for the Matrix series of movies. I often think that Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson is is slightly closer. But that's uh, there you go. That's just a, a personal view on sci-fi novels. So I get I get to, I get my vote as well. And um, I think uh, on balance, I would look forward to making these kind of images. I, I like to try things new. I, I'm not convinced I'd stick with it. Often what happens to me is that I, I end up uh, trying these new things and thinking, yes, that was a bit of fun and then regressing. <laughs> but maybe that's just me. I should try harder or something like that. You know, the one thing that's going to happen is, and we we know this from Apple, they do this all the way, is that this is not going to be a technology that will just be there from one day to the next. It is something that we get introduced to slowly piece by piece and it will it will sneak up on us yeah that's that's a good point actually isn't it that does tend to be their approach but i i guess i might expect google to to jump in with both feet or or huawei uh or you know one of the companies that 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 trades more on the um not i won't say gimmicks but the more sort of explosive innovation rather than gradual innovation mm-hmm. well there we go there we go. Uh, interesting, interesting conversation. Uh, sounds like we've uh, sounds like we've got a follow up from Chris coming in the not too distant future about being able to see behind things. Which <laughs> mark your calendars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I uh, so okay. Well, there we go. Uh, thank you, everybody. We should go to our picks of the week, shouldn't we? As we close out the show, Chris, you're, you would you want to go first? Absolutely. My pick of the week is Toronto's CN Tower. Or, or more specifically, their elevator shaft. Okay, that, let me explain. But that has to do something with photography. If you uh, see the CN Tower, there's this outside elevator, and the elevator shaft has a long line of lights that change colors, that play uh, patterns. And what's happening, in fact, is that they use photography for that. They use photos that they just kind of slide by these lights have you ever seen a pixel stick there's a long line of leds and you feed it a photo and then it just plays that back line by line sure. that's what the cn tower does and i have we have a link in the show notes which is like a, a gif an animated gif of that thing someone has taken the lines and just put them together into the kind of reconstructed the photos from a video of the cn tower so you can see all sorts of images being played back on that long line of pixels which i find fascinating it is it's cool isn't it yeah very interesting very interesting that's amazing <laughs> it's not a screen no it's, it's just it's, like it's a just one line of it? it's one line of a screen one vertical line of a screen and the photos are just played pretty wow. much slid past and all you see is that line changing and flickering in colors yeah, but in fact yeah, yeah. it's photos that's awesome cool cool yep. stuff um well i'm, I'm going to go with the oculus quest as, as my uh pick of the <laughs> pick of the week um because uh, it is undoubtedly a huge amount of fun to play with um and if anybody gets the chance to do to, to play with it they they should do so um jeremiah what's your pick of the week i am interested in ray tracing um, as I mentioned, uh, the, the ability for uh, artificial intelligence to recognize a material and how it interacts with light, it kind of circles back to what we've been talking about in terms of these uh, patents. Um, as 
virtual uh, construction of landscapes and uh, gaming that becomes more photorealistic, ray tracing, which requires a massive amount of GPU um, processing. But as that becomes more uh, in the cloud, uh, we'll be able to have so much control over how we manipulate our own photographs. So, for example, I could imagine uh, five or eight years forward uh, looking at a photograph in a, you know, Photoshop 40, which allows us to actually adjust the materials in our photograph to allow it to reflect light to a greater or lesser degree and how that spreads the particles or not. That will give us another editing tool um, to adjust our, our even our 2D images. Um, I think ray tracing and how uh, intensive it is in terms of memory and processing will get more efficient and how that applies to photographers is going to be very exciting yeah inter interesting stuff we come a long way from building your own doom levels with with, <laughs> with bitmaps on the walls haven't yeah, we <laughs> or just adjusting brightness overall i mean i think we can go in and say oh the the reflecting metal of this car um should be a little more <laughs> instead of aluminum let's make it steel and and adjust that um repaint it and even the paint itself will disperse light in a different way i can see those editing tools being applied to photography in a really exciting way <laughs> yes That's absolutely cool. yep. yeah good stuff all right okay and last but not least ema what's your pick of the week my pick of the week is the 2km i don't know if you all got the 2km <laughs> limit okay. on your movements but um yeah here we have a 2km so um you all know i love getting up into the mountains and out in the woods and I'm kind of can't I'm not allowed to do that at the moment so I'm finding that a little bit frustrating but at the same time I'm trying to find the beauty in the 2km <laughs> uh, it's two kilometer radius around your house uh, basically yeah. you're not supposed to go outside of and they're beginning to get very strict about it now because some people aren't adhering to it, I suppose. But um, yeah, I've been doing my best. I'm so tempted, <laughs> but I haven't done it. But um, yeah, I, I'm missing my uh, missing my freedom a little bit. So uh, yeah, there's a kind of a hashtag and everything around the 2km. Maybe I just made it up. I, I don't know. I've made one up anyway. Yeah, well, I think we're all missing... We're all missing a lot of that stuff. I mean, they've closed the beaches here, which is where I walk daily, and that's mm -hmm. tragic. But, um, you know, ensconced safely, I think, for the next yeah. little while is important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. okay well there we go everybody um that has been uh the future of photography for for this week quite quite a long discussion this week actually but uh but um good fun nonetheless i uh, hope all you listeners have enjoyed it um you can get uh, you can find us uh and all our back catalogue we've mentioned a couple of shows from the back catalogue this week actually uh you can find all of that at the future of photography.com uh, or get in touch with us uh as we are at tfop now t-f-o-p-n-o-w on twitter uh on instagram and and you can always use that hashtag wherever you like as well and we'll we'll, we'll often pick that up It'd be great to hear from you and great to hear um what you think about the options for apple to to provide us with even more fun toys in our phones <laughs> 
and on that note uh, it's been an honour and a privilege to talk to you all and we'll be back next week goodbye wash your hands wash your hands (laughs) bye bye (laughs) bye bye you've been listening to The Future of Photography a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Hold up. 